Good morning. Hey, welcome to church. Glad you are here. Kids, you can be dismissed to Children's Church. There they go, running like the wind. We had a great week of VBS. Kids were all around here having a great time. And so we, are, we love our kids and we love our kids' ministry. So, this morning we are talking about gifts. And I thought the best way to open my gifts discussion this morning was to show you the two most recent gifts I gave my wife. Do you guys want to see the two most recent gifts that I gave my wife? Okay, I'll show you the first gift. Hold on a second. It's over here. I bought my wife a bicycle. But not just any bicycle, an electric bicycle. How many people here? Electric bike people? Anybody? Anybody got electric bikes? Let me tell you about electric bikes. They are the best. Except if you only have one electric bike. Which is the scenario we have going. So I have to ride my daughter's single speed cruiser. She's like six inches shorter than I am. My knees are in my chest. I'm huffing and puffing to keep up with Nicole as she rides her lovely electric bike. And she rides it a lot like this. And I'm like, I don't like you very much. So that was a gift I got her. I don't know. I think I got it for Christmas. It was a good gift. She likes it. This is the most recent gift I got her. This is a peach tree, and it's looking a little sad, don't you think? I bought this for Nicole for Mother's Day, which those of you doing the math, yes, that was a couple months ago. Yes, it's still in the bucket. Don't judge me. <laughs> but it, it's, it's surviving, but just barely, and luckily I was smart enough to put the drip irrigation into it in my front yard as it sat on the side of the house, and uh, it's, it's going to live. I don't even like peaches. Do you, anybody else? I think fruit should be fuzz-free. Don't you agree with that? How do you know if a peach is bad? It's all fuzzy and... Anyway, I don't like them at all. I don't think you should bite into a tennis ball. That's just me. But I bought her a peach tree because she likes peaches. And we'll get back to the peach tree in just a little while. But I have a problem. This Friday is Nicole's birthday. So I need some suggestions for birthday gifts for my wife. Mally, if you could just put your hands over her ears for just a few seconds. There you go. Good. Anybody got any good ideas? What's that? Peach pie? What? A shovel. This is why you don't ask for suggestions from the crowd. Can I tell you right now? Anybody else got a good idea for Nicole for her birthday? A trip to the coast? A what? A cherry tree, another fruit I don't like. Okay. Well, I'm working on it. I've got, I've got some ideas. Hold on. Cover her ears again. Don't let her... We're thinking about taking her to the Lion King, the musical. What do you think? Good idea? Okay. Okay. We know something you don't know. Okay. Today, we are starting a new series called Gifted. I'm going to slide this back just so... I can see these people because they're encouraging to me. 
Uh, we're starting this new uh, series called Gifted, and it's about spiritual gifts, right? Now, some of you in school were told you were gifted. Anybody know what I'm talking about here? You were told you were gifted. You're in the gifted program. Uh, I was in a thing called Gate Gifted and Talented Education, and that didn't make a hill of difference for me at all. Um, but, but you think you're gifted, and some of you are saying, well, Steve, I don't feel very gifted. You feel a little bit like, like this guy right here. You know what I'm talking about here? You seen the old far side where he's pushing as hard as he can on the pull door to the gifted school? You're thinking, I don't feel very gifted, right? Well, it's not true. Today we're going to talk about gifts. We're going to talk about spiritual gifts. And these are real gifts given by the Holy Spirit. Um, and they come to each of us when we become believers. And so we're going to look at the book of 1 Corinthians. We're going to look at a passage in 1 Corinthians. Really, this is sort of the preeminent passage about spiritual gifts. Um, and the Apostle Paul wrote this book, 1 Corinthians, to this little church plant he had started in Corinth. It was a very small church. He started it. This church was struggling. It had some problems. They had written letters to him telling him some of the problems, and he was writing back, giving them some answers to those. And so this morning, we're going to talk about that, and he's going to talk specifically about spiritual gifts. So if you've got your sermon notes, follow along with me this morning. Love to get you um, into the scriptures here. So let's start with a definition of what are spiritual gifts. Here's what spiritual gifts are. Ready? They are special abilities given by the Holy Spirit, and they are used to serve others. Let me say that again. They are special abilities given by the Holy Spirit, used to serve others. Now, where do these gifts come from? Who's the giver of these gifts, right? Well, these gifts are given by the Holy Spirit to every believer. When you follow Jesus Christ... Accept him as your Lord and Savior. The Holy Spirit comes to live within you, and then he gives you this a spiritual gift. He gives you a spiritual gift at that time. So here's where it starts. The Holy Spirit gives this gift. The Holy Spirit gives this gift. We're in 1 Corinthians chapter 12, verses 1 through 3. Stick with me. I don't like to preach alone. Now, dear brothers and sisters, regarding your question about the what? The special abilities who... The Spirit gives us. I don't want you to misunderstand this. You know that when you were still pagans, you were what? You were led astray and you were what? Swept along in worshiping these speechless idols, which we talked about um, in Nepal. So I want you to know that no one speaking by the Spirit of God will curse Jesus. And no one can say Jesus is Lord except by who? The Holy Spirit. These gifts come from God. They are given through the Holy Spirit to all believers once you believe. And it says, in the past, you've been deceived about some spiritual things. Don't be deceived about this. Let me tell you about spiritual gifts. They come from one place. They come from the Holy Spirit. You know we've been talking about the Holy Spirit all year long this year. So it might be helpful for us to sort of define what, whole, what uh, spiritual gifts are not. The, these are the things that spiritual gifts are not. They are not natural talents. They are not your natural talents. Everyone, Christian or not, has some natural talents and abilities. In fact, your natural talents and abilities tend to give you uh, a lot of your self-identity and even your self-esteem, right? If you're a good athlete, you take that from, 
from that and you say, oh yeah, I'm athletic, right? Uh, if you're a good student, you think, oh yeah, I'm, I'm smart, I'm, I'm highly intelligent. And you take some of your self-identity in that. If you can sing or dance, you say, I'm, I'm talented. Or if you're, if you're funny, if you're the life of the party, people say, oh yeah, he's great. Um, if you're good in business or good with numbers or organizationally, right? They're like, wow, yeah, he's quite the businessman. And we take our value, we tend to take our value and our self-esteem from some of those natural abilities. Now, there's nothing wrong with natural abilities. In fact, I would argue that God gave you those natural abilities when you were born. Like he, he was knitting you together in your mother's womb, it says in the scripture, and he was giving you natural talents and gifts and abilities then. But that is not what a spiritual gift is. A spiritual gift is something else. Now, here's something else. Spiritual gifts are also not the fruit of the Spirit. The fruit of the Spirit we talked about not that long ago. It's in Galatians chapter 5. And the fruit of the Spirit is for all believers. All of the fruit is for all of the believers, okay? If you're growing as a believer in Jesus Christ, you should be growing in the fruit of the Spirit. They are this expected outcome in your life if you have the Spirit of God in you, right? Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, gentleness, faithfulness, and self-control, right? So those things should be growing inside of you. All of those things. They aren't gifts you get. They are characteristics that you and qualities that you're developing with the Spirit's help. All of them. So you can't say, oh, I'm just not a patient person. You should be working on that. Like, you can't say, oh, I just don't have gentleness as a gift. No, maybe you're just a jerk, okay? Like, you know, you, you need to work. Let the Holy Spirit work on that so you're a little less jerky, okay? That's how that should work. Okay, pumpkin? Good, okay. That's how that should work. It's not the fruit of the Spirit. It's also not a job title. This is not a title or a role or a position, right? Your spiritual gift is not dependent on your title, when uh, I spent a long time as a church planter, started with a very small church, about 25 people when we started, and when a church is young and small, people do whatever job is needed to be done regardless of your gift. Does that make sense? People go, well, I'm not gifted at that, and I'm like, that's great, Sparky, go do it anyway, you know? Like, we, we need you to fill this role and to do that, and, and people understand that. They take on all kinds of roles and titles and jobs because we need someone to do it, Right? And, and oftentimes people are operating outside of their spiritual gifting, but it's, it's not wrong, it's just serving Christ. See, the sweet spot is when God has you serving in a position that also lines up with how you are spiritually gifted. Does that make sense? So you, that's when you hit the sweet spot. So spiritual gifts are from the Spirit of God. They are special abilities. So what are these special abilities? Well, we're going to see that the Holy Spirit gives different gifts to different people. Different gifts to different people. In 1 Corinthians, continuing on, it says this. There are what? Different kinds of spiritual gifts, but the same spirit is the source of all of them. There are what? Different kinds of service, but we serve the... And God works in different what? Ways, but is the same who does the work in all of us. So we see, in fact, there are multiple places in Scripture where spiritual gifts are brought up. There are, uh, it's talked about in, 
I can think of four off the top of my head, 1 Corinthians 12, Romans 12, 1 Peter 4, Ephesians 4. There are these different lists of spiritual gifts, right? And there are gifts that are mentioned in all of those lists. There are gifts that are mentioned in some of those lists. And there are gifts that are mentioned really in only one of those lists. And, and we get caught up in the gifts, but the important part is this, is none of them are the same. They're, they're all different, right? People try to categorize those gifts. Um, people want to say some gifts are from, for today and some gifts were only for back in uh, Jesus' time. Some are, um, the, but here's the point of it all. The point is the Spirit can give you whatever gift the Spirit wants to give you. He's got a wide variety of gifts at his disposal to give to each of us. And he can do that because he's the spirit and you're not, okay? So we get whatever gift he gives us. And he specifically and intentionally gives us different gifts. Do you know why he does that? Look at the person next to you right now. No, really look at them. Look at them. Look like into the window of their soul. Now. What did you notice? There's something strange about that person. Would you agree? (laughs) Something just a little off, a little weird about that person, right? They're just different than you. You ever meet people and you're like, "Uh, you're odd. Like there's something about you that doesn't make sense. Like I don't know how you operate like that. I don't know how you do that, but somehow it works for you and I'm, I don't, it, it wouldn't work for me. God in his vast variety of gifts recognizes that there's so many different people that I need different gifts for all these different people. That's how it's supposed to work. Now look around the whole church. Look at all these people. Look at all of them. Look, people, look. See those people up there? There's something weird about them. Like everybody's different. We're all different. And God has us mashed together in this church because he wants to give out these different gifts to different people and he wants us to use them all together, right? So we have these different gifts given by the same spirit to all kinds of different people. So what do we do with these gifts? What do we do with these gifts? Who are they for? Who are the gifts for? Guess what? They are for the good of others. These gifts are for the good of others. 1 Corinthians 12 continues. It says this. A spiritual gift is given to each of us so we can help each other. Right? To one person, the Spirit gives the ability to give wise advice. To another, the same Spirit gives a message of special knowledge. The what? Same Spirit gives great faith to another and to someone else. To the one spirit gives the gift of healing. He gives one person the power to perform miracles. Another person the ability to prophesy. He gives someone else the ability to discern whether a message is from the spirit of God or from another spirit. And still another person is given the ability to speak in unknown languages. While another is given the ability to interpret what is being said. It is the what? It's the one and only spirit who distributes what? All these gifts. He alone decides which each person should have. So here's the first big list of gifts, right? And people get caught up in the list. They're like, what does that mean? What is that? I don't know. Uh, What kind of gift do I have? What kind of gift do you have, right? They try to dissect the list and and come up with it. And and we are going to talk about the gifts more in depth in the coming couple of weeks. And we're going to talk about how they get used in our world and, and what we should do with them and what God is doing and what are you doing. But the point of all this is this. The point is not what is your gift. We're going to figure that out. 
But what are you doing with your gift? What's your gift for? Why, why even have a gift? And we see it so clearly in verse 7 there where it says, so that I can help others. Your gift is specifically so that you can help others. Highlight, circle, underline, so that I can help others. Because get this, your gift is not for you. Your gift is not for you. And, and people get so wrapped up in their gift that they forget that it's not for you. See, the problem with spiritual gifts can be this. And we're going to see this later in the book of, of Corinthians. And, and people get puffed up and prideful about their spiritual gift. They get really worked up like, like oh, this is my gift. And look at my gift. And you, need, you should have this gift. And you want this gift. And people get all worked up about it. But get this. You weren't born with that gift. You didn't choose that gift. It was the Holy Spirit who gave you that gift and he expects you to use it. For others, it's not about you. It's not even, it's, he, it's given to you, but it's not even for you. It's for these other people that God has. Now, this is the part of the sermon where Pastor Steele, Steve feels a, I just called myself Pastor Steele. That's the weirdest thing ever. Pastor Steve thinks I need a great illustration that will help bring this all together so you will see how these gifts work together. And I had one, but then the Apostle Paul had a better one. So here we go. Ready? Let's take a look at it. Because he uses this illustration of the human body to remind us that we need all these different gifts. And so here's the point. Now that you have a gift, you have a part to play. You have a part to play. And we are going to run through. There's quite a few verses here, but I want you to see it and understand it. So... The human body has what? Many parts. parts. But the many parts make up what? One whole body. So it is with the body of Christ. Get this. Some of us are Jews. Some are Gentiles. Some are slaves and some are free. But we have all been baptized into what? One body by one spirit. And we all share the same spirit. Yes, the body has many different parts. Not just one part. If the foot says, I am not a part of the body because I am not a hand, that does not make it any less part of the body. And if the ear says, I am not part of the body because I am not an eye, would that make it any less a part of the body? If the whole body were an eye, how would you hear? Or if the whole body were an ear, how would you smell anything? But our bodies have what? Many parts. And God has put each part just where he wants it. How strange a body would be if it only had one part. Yes, there are many parts, but only one body. The eye can never say to the hand, I don't need you. The head can't say to the feet, I don't need you. In fact, some parts of the body that seem the weakest and least important are actually the most necessary. And the parts we regard as less honorable are those we clothe with the greatest care. So we carefully protect those parts that should not be seen, while the more honorable parts do not require this special care. So God has put the body together such that extra honor and care are given to those parts that have less dignity. This makes for harmony among the members so that all the members care for uh, each other. If one part suffers, then what? All the parts suffer with it. And if one part is honored, all the parts are what? Glad. So here in our church body, we have all kinds of parts of the body. Somebody here is the hand. And somebody here is a foot. And somebody else is the eye and the ear. And somebody is the pancreas. And somebody is the, I don't know, Ken, maybe you're the spleen. I don't know, right? Before you laugh at him, somebody here is the colon. Let's, okay? So 
But here's the point. Like, everybody has a part to play, right? And, and, the, and the funny thing is, when something goes wrong with even the smallest part of the body, boy, it, 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 it incapacitates the whole body. Anybody ever stubbed a toe? Man, and you're just like, whoa! I'll give you a worse one. When you get a little bit older, pinched a sciatic nerve in the back. It's one little nerve, and you can't move. You don't want to get up. You just want to cry all day long. Like, when one little part of the body is not working, everybody, it's a little bit like the appendix. We have these appendix, and nobody knows what it's for. We've got people like that in the church. We're not sure what you're for. But boy, when you're unhappy, we're all unhappy, okay? So... We're going to figure out what you're for at some point. I guarantee it. Um, but here's the thing, right? We, every part has a part to play. In a healthy person, every part is doing what it's supposed to do. You are a part of the body of Christ. And the body of Christ is incarnated in the local congregation. So right now you are a part of the body of Christ at First Baptist Church, right? And you have a part to play. And if you aren't playing your part then the body is not performing the way we are intended to perform. In fact, any time that our church stumbles or fails in some ministry or some area, it's because somebody isn't doing their part. Like God gave us the people to do their part. And we tend to think that some parts are more important than other parts, right? Like, like somehow some jobs are more important than other jobs, People look at me because I stand up here and teach God's word and they think, well, he's important. I'm not any more important than anybody doing anything else. My good friend Mike Bruin and I, who we work on maintenance stuff around this building, he's every bit as important to the body of Christ as I am. The, the, the ladies who do the funeral lunches are every bit as important to the body of Christ as I am, right? But, but we, we tend to think of things as more important. This is true because we think of it in the body. It's a little bit like, well, the heart says, well, I'm more, you know, is the heart more important than the intestines? You, well, the heart says, yeah, hey, man, I stopped beating and we're done. This thing's over, right? And then the stomach says, hold on a second. I stop eating, uh, then you're going to be done too, and then the lungs is like, hey man, we're two breaths away from this whole thing being over if I stop doing it. Let me ask you a question. How long can you live without intestines? Not that long. You really can't live that long without intestines. You need something to absorb all that. And so you, we, there's no part that is more important than another. That is so important as we think about spiritual gifts. Because just like chicken nuggets, parts is parts. I don't know what part of the chicken the chicken nugget is, but they put the parts together and parts is parts. Listen to what it says. It says, all of you together are what? We are Christ's body, and each of you is a part of it. Here are some of the parts God has appointed for the church. He says, first there are what? Second are what? Third are? Then there are those who do? Those who have the gift of? Those who can? Help others, those who have the gift of, those who can speak in unknown languages. Are we all apostles? Are we all prophets? Are we all teachers? Do we all have the power to do miracles? Do we all have the gift of healing? Do we all have the ability to speak in unknown languages? Do we all have the ability to interpret unknown languages? Of course not. So you should earnestly desire the most helpful gifts. What, what kind of gifts? The most helpful gifts. But now let me show you a way of life that is best of all, is the last verse of that chapter. We tend to assign important importance to everything. We just like hierarchies. 
I don't know why, but we do. We just like, we want to know ranks in the military and chain of command and, and job titles and managers. Like, that's how we see things in the American world. Um, and this passage doesn't help by numbering off the gifts, to be honest with you. But the point of it is, is that this, uh, it literally starts with numbering them off. But the truth is, is everything is the same because no part is better than another. No part is better than another. I, I really believe that the point is we need all the gifts. We need every gift. We need them to do what God has called us to do as a church together, as the body of Christ. And if you're not using your gift, then the body isn't functioning the way it's supposed to function. Ephesians chapter 4 says it this way. He makes the what? Whole body. It fits together How? As each part does its own special works, it helps what? The other parts grow so that the whole body is what? Healthy. And what else? And what else? And full of love. That's how it's supposed to operate. Now, I know this is an overarching view of spiritual gifts. We're going to dive into the weeds a little bit more next week. But I want you to get to this already. So, so what are we waiting for? So What? So what, Steve? What do I do with this? How do I make sense of this? Well, let me tell you some spiritual gifts that no one has. Here's a spiritual gift that no one has. Ready? It's chair sitting and sermon listening. It's not a spiritual gift. Do you know that? It's just not a spiritual gift. Worship listening, not a spiritual gift. It's just not a spiritual gift. Do you know what else is not a spiritual gift? Drinking coffee from the coffee bar or eating donuts. It's not a spiritual gift. It's really not. Now, I need to make absolute clear the people working at the coffee bar are using their spiritual gifts, and they are a gift from God. Can I get an amen out of anyone? Yeah, they are. Uh, but these are not spiritual gifts. This is where we come to to learn and grow and, and str- strengthen each other. But at the end of the day, this is not your spiritual gift. The so what for this is so simple, it's not even funny. It's find your gift and use it. Find your gift and use it you got to figure out which gift is yours, so find that gift and use it. I want to give you a short little uh, video here of a, of a guy in our church, John Shin, sharing how God has been working in him and using his spiritual gifts to call him to a new season of life. Hi, my name is John Shin, and this is my story. Born and raised in Lodi, California, six generations, a lot of farming in my family. And uh, actually, I uh, grew up uh, not wanting to farm one bit, but decided in my mid-twenties, after uh, another career that I had had, that farming was where I wanted to be. And I've done that for 19 years now. Uh, we used to be at another church, uh, involved in a lot of ministry and leadership. Uh, but when we came to First Baptist about eight years ago, uh, we kind of laid low for a while. I started to feel like God was maybe trying to tell me something. Uh, one specific thing I remember was driving down Highway 99 and looking it up at just all the rows of tents um, that line the side of the highway and asking God, like, God, who's going to help these people? Like, how can we help these people? And about nine months to a year later, God flipped it around and told me, you know, just this tugging on my heart that you're going to be one of those people. You're going to help those people. And through a series of God, uh, I feel like God moments, God ordained events, uh, I ended up signing up for a master's of social work because I had no intention of ever going back and doing anything like this ever. And so God opened up that door, got me to walk through it, but then he put the brakes on that and I ended up starting a uh, master's program in counseling ministry. 
Honestly, it draws on everything I've always wanted to do. God has always had it on my heart to share my life struggles with people. Uh, one of the previous ministries I was really involved in was helping to start and run Celebrate Recovery. And I love being able to share my story with those who are struggling. And all this time, I thought that would just be a side thing that I did. Um, when we fight God, God wins. And God has been telling me, you need to be more involved in ministry. You need to be in this with your whole self. Having a summer internship at First Baptist over this summer, um, talking to staff, talking to the other lay counselors, God just really has it on my heart that this is where I need to be. Um, I need to be in it. I need to be a part of it. It's been hard because it's had to be one step of faith at a time. But God has opened those doors. And every time I open the door, it's not running into a brick wall on the other side. It's running into His peace. If there's something you feel God has equipped you to do, if there's something that's burning inside your soul right now, come find a pastor, find me, find somebody. We will help you figure out how to build that up and get you plugged into a place where you can really experience God's goodness. Finding out what my spiritual gifts were has been something that's been completely life-changing. If you haven't done it, do it, and God's going to do amazing things in your life. So John has gone from a career in farming to feeling God's call and leaning into his spiritual gifts and changing the direction of his life as, as a result of it. Um, listen to 1 Peter chapter 4. It says this way. 1 Peter 4 says, God has given each of you a gift from his what? Great variety of spiritual gifts. Use them well to serve one another. Do you have the gift of speaking? Then speak as though God himself were speaking through you. Do you have the gift of helping others? Do it with all the strength and energy that God supplies. Then everything you do will bring glory to God through Jesus Christ. All glory and power to him forever and ever. Amen. Now I told you there are different places in scripture where we see these different lists. None of them are exactly the same. I really believe that's because God is such a creative God that it's like God says, don't put me in a box. I got whatever gift I want to give. And so he, he has all these different kinds of gifts. He's got all the creativity in the world to give you whatever gift you need. So I want to give you something very practical as we leave here today. And it's something that will serve us over the next few weeks as we finish this uh, series. The question is, how do you find that gift and then use it? So here's the first thing you can do. Read through these spiritual gifts passages. As you're reading through the passage, what leaps off the page at you? Some of you already know your spiritual gifts. You've been around, you've been a believer for a while, but, but some of you, you just need to read through that passage and go, you know what, I really think it might be that. I think that might be how God has gifted me. And, and what do you do? Which of these descriptions is you? And then I want you to ask somebody who knows you, like really knows you, like scary knows you. Do you have people like that in your life that, that know you better than you know yourself? Do you know what I'm talking about? Those people, ask them, what do you think my spiritual gift is? Um, and, and see if they agree with you. So on your outline notes, on the back side there are a couple of QR codes and some, uh, some websites. So I want to give you these tools. These are tools to find that. You can scan. The first one is a spiritual gifts uh, a test on a website. In fact, it's spiritualgiftstest.com. 
Com. You can see it there. You can scan it with your QR code, but honestly, that one is better on a computer. How many people are computer people? Rather do this on your computer. Good, I got a few of you. Absolutely. So you can go to spiritualgiftstest.com and take this spiritual inventory, right? You take it in. You take these tests. Honestly, you answer the questions. Don't overthink the questions. Just answer them as best you can and, and don't overthink them. Take this home and type in that web address and do it. How many people are more phone people? Where are my phone people? They live in die by their phone all the time. I got you. Gen Z millennials, I know who you are. Uh, There's another QR code on there, uh, or you could just go to your app store and search for spiritual gifts test. If you go to spiritual gifts test, this is one of the ones that's listed on there. That one up at the top there uh, with the little cross, click get on that. This is on the Apple store, but it works also on the Google Play store. There's actually a different one on the Google Play store if you look in the QR codes in your notes. The splash screen that comes up is this. You click start and you start taking, answering questions about yourself and find out what your spiritual gifts are. How many people here are more people, paper people, 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 paper, paper people? There you are. You like, give me a notepad and a pen and a desk. I got you. I got you covered. On the back tables there are some paper-based tests. I took the app-based one and, uh, and, and then you have, I have, you have somebody else take it about you and you see where they overload. So these are my results. I took this a while ago, but these are my results. Number one is teaching. Number two is wisdom. And number three is leadership. And you can look down that list and you can see the things that I'm highest gifted at. So I immediately downloaded the test, had my wife take it for me, about me. And so she took the test for me and she came up with wisdom first, then teaching, then leadership. It's pretty close. Top two are just flip-flopped. So it's a pretty good assessment that that's probably where my greatest gifts uh, land. I will tell you one other thing about this test, though, is when you look at the bottom of the test, you're going to find out the things that you are not good at. The things that you, and one, one of the things that I am absolute lowest at is mercy, which is not a good thing for a pastor. Um, so when you're telling me your hard story and I'm listening, if anybody, if you've ever done counseling with me, I am trying really hard in there, okay? I am listening to you. I am trying to feel compassion. But at the root of my heart, I'm thinking, knock it off. Stop doing that, you know? Um, I hate to say it, but suck it up, buttercup. That's where, that's where I'm at. Suck it up, buttercup. Like, let's, let's, I need to work on mercy. I'm working on it. Hey, but it's not my fault. Take it up with the Holy Spirit. Okay. Um, <laughs> It's going to show you, though, it's going to get, there's nothing holy about these tests. This is just a tool. Don't make it more than it is, but it will help you start to think through what your test is. And we want you to come back next week knowing what your spiritual gifts are, your top ones. But I heard somebody say a faster way to learn your spiritual gift, and I love this. It's so simple, and it makes so much sense to me, because I can describe for you in 20 seconds how you can find your spiritual gift. Walk into a room, look around. See what needs to be done that you want to do and do it. When you walk into any spiritual environment and you walk into a room and you see what needs to be done that other people don't see that needs to be done and you think, I want to do that, I could do that and God is calling you to do that and you step into that, that is where God's spiritual gift is going to come about in your life. And then you got to just, guys, just do something. Do something. You got to do something. I can't tell you how many people, you can't do everything, but you can do something. I can't tell you how many people stumble into God's calling on their life. Like, 
John was in farming and he's stumbling into what God is calling him to do for the next season of his life, right? Um, you, when you see something that needs to be done, you think, hey, why not me? And, and in the midst of it, you start to recognize, oh my goodness, this is my spiritual gift. Oh my goodness, this is my calling. This is what I'm supposed to be doing. And you realize that special ability that the Spirit has given you for the good of others. Because I'm going to let you in on a little secret. Glenn can't do it all. I can't do it all. We, I've come to realize it's not even my job to do it all. It's my job to encourage and strengthen and raise up people who will do it. It's our job to do it all as a church, right? It's, our, it's my job. It's our job to resource you and to encourage you. And if God's calling you to a ministry, let me tell you the answer is go for it. Go for it. Do it. See what happens. See what God's going to do. People who drift away from church drift away from church because of two reasons. They drift away from church because they aren't connected relationally or they aren't serving. They aren't using their gift. They walk into this building without purpose. If your entire church experience is you come in twice a month and you sit down and you listen to a sermon and sing some songs and then you hit the door as fast as you can on the way out, you will never feel the intentionality, the the joy of being connected to what God is doing. And so I want you to jump into that. Use your spiritual gift. Um, one of the characteristics, some people walk in the door for a church. In fact, I was a part of a church that one of our ministries was really to people who were healing. They had been hurt in other spiritual environments and in other churches, and they needed to come and heal for a little bit. Absolutely, come and heal for a little bit. But if you never get back in the game, what's the point of that? If you never get back in the game, what's the point of that? That's like an athlete who gets injured, does all of the rehab to get back, but never goes back in the game. It doesn't make any sense to me. It's a little bit like, some churches are a little bit like a, like a football game, right? You got 50,000 people in the stands, right, that are in desperate need of exercise, and they're watching 22 guys on the field that desperately need a rest. Just give me a rest, right? We're supposed to be doing this all together. And there's so many ways you can serve. We watched our, our VBS this last week with so many people serving in so many ways, working, doing snack and teaching and, and cleaning up the auditorium. We, we, have, we need small group leaders. I, could, I need six more upward soccer coaches before tomorrow. Uh, you know, uh, I've got all these things and there's so many ways where God could use you if you will just lean into it. I don't know if you've ever heard somebody say this about a church. You know what's wrong with this church? And whenever somebody says, you know what's wrong with this church? I say, yeah, tell me, tell me, tell me. And they tell me, and I go, wow, you are right. That is wrong with this church. What are you going to do about it? And they say, well, what do you mean? What am I going to do about it? I told you, pastor, it's your job to do something about it. I'm like, no, it ain't. That don't bother me. It's your job to do something about it. God is calling you to do something about it. God, God has gifted you for something, and you're supposed to jump into it. Now, Once you find out your spiritual gift, and I want you to take these tests, I want you to come back next week, but once you find out your spiritual gift, I want you to know that finding your spiritual gift is not the end, it's just the beginning. It's just the beginning. Because this gift of a peach tree that I gave to my wife, which is looking sad, this tree, if it is not nurtured and attended to, will die. Right? If it isn't watered, and, and, and handled, it's already looking a little set. Right now it's happy it's in the air conditioning. You're welcome, little tree. <laughs> but here's the thing. If we don't water this tree, if we don't plant this tree properly, which, by the way, thank you, first service who gave me all the advice. Um, but, but if I, I, we don't plant this tree right, and honestly, if we don't plant this tree outside, back where it gets into the sunshine that it needs, 
It's going to die and it's not going to be of any use to anyone. God has given us these gifts. And it's our job to nurture them and to take care of them and to lean into them. Right? So that it will bear fruit. What kind of fruit? Well, let me tell you. Because at the end of this spiritual gifts chapter in 1 Corinthians 12, there's this little tagline that says, let me know, let me now show you a way of life that is best of all. And gifts are worthless unless you give them in love. And this passage, this spiritual gifts passage that people read, many times they stop at the end of 12, don't realize that the very next verse is 1 Corinthians 13. It's the love chapter of the Bible. It's very famous. And I want you to read it with the idea that spiritual gifts are the root of that chapter. If I could speak all the languages of earth, it's like an interpretation, or the languages of angels, unknown languages, but didn't have love others, I would only be a what? Noisy gong. Or what else? Clanging symbol. If I had the gift of prophecy, hear the gifts? And if I understood all of God's secret plans and possessed all knowledge, that's the gift of knowledge. And if I had such faith, the gift of great faith, and I could move mountains, the gift of miracles, but didn't what? Love others, I'd be nothing. And if I gave everything I have to the poor, that's generosity, and even sacrificed my body, I could boast about it, but if I didn't love others, I would have gained nothing. Listen, your gift isn't the point. Love is the point. Love is the point. God gave you these gifts that we might use them in love to people who are hurting. We live in a world where people are hurting. We live in a church where people are hurting. We live with tasks ahead of us that God can accomplish, but only if we all lean into our gifts. Your specific gift, although I want you to know it and it's foundational for what we're going to do over the next few weeks, is not the most important thing. The most important thing is that you use that gift to love others. Would you join me in prayer? God, I'm thankful that you made each of us unique, that you gave us gifts that reflect your glory, God, and and serve a purpose, not only in the kingdom, God, but also in our world around us. And Father God, I pray that as we walk out of here today, God, and so many of us, or some of us know our gifts, God, but many, I, I pray, would lean into these tests and come back with a good idea of what their spiritual gifts are for next week, God. Would you show us how we can use these gifts? how we can lean into them and make a difference, not only in our church, but in a hurting world. God, a world that is filled with pain and suffering and loneliness. God, may our gifts be the the healing medicine. God, the love that is so desperately needed out there. Let us lean into our gifts and love you well as we express those gifts to others. In your son Jesus' name, amen.